This podcast is sponsored by Landsberg Aurora, a global packaging company leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing and providing solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution just for you. To learn more, visit www.landsberg.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Mr. Lou Toriano, who is the founder of Foam Cycle. How are you, Lou? Okay, Corey, nice nice to be here, and, and thank you for having me. And honestly, just thank you for your work. I've been listening to your podcast. Thank you for your work uh, in bringing forth some ideas and innovation to this new concept of recycling for this country ever since... Uh, you know, trying to fold it on us. So, so thank you for your work. Yes, I appreciate that very much. And, and thank you for what you do. I'm excited to tell the audience about um, Foam Cycle. It's incredibly innovative and it's, it's, it's really impressive. So can you tell us about how you got into this business? What's your background a little bit? Sure. So for the last 23 years, and, and you know, it's funny because you these conversations bring out how long you're doing something and you say to yourself, am I crazy? But for 20, 23 years, I've been in the in the sales end of both waste and now the last 17 years on the recycling side of the industry. And they're two different industries. In sales, I would walk into a customer and sell them on compactors and just on a way to, to better remove their trash and bring mm-hmm. it to a landfill. And then last 17, I, I flipped sides and I became, I shouldn't say the bad guy to the good guy, because a lot of people <laughs> are wasted listening to you. So, but I, I, now I go into companies and I try to help them capture material before it goes into the trash compactor. So, you know, I've put out bailing machines and, and just a, a litany of different equipment and options to recycle just about a commercial facility would have. Oh, and, that's And that was great. basically my entree. Yeah, that was basically my entree in, into this into this stuff that we call styrofoam. So it segues into it, right? So first what of all, part, you know, what part of the world of, are you in? Dude? I, I am in the northern uh, New Jersey, New York City, Pennsylvania area in that northern tier. I reside up in Pennsylvania, but I've been working this area for quite some time, mostly in New Jersey. And and you're about um, to say something else. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So just to clear the air on a couple of things, when people listen to this, uh, there's got to be some clarification and clarity around the subject of what we call styrofoam. And first of all, it's it's incorrect. The word styrofoam is a Dow chemical trade name for an insulation product they produce, usually pink or blue. And it's made with expanded foam or polystyrene. And it's got fire retardant chemicals added to it. So when it's placed in someone's home, it has both the ability to insulate and obviously not to expand the fire should it happen. So that's the Dow chemical name. We don't know any better. We never knew any better. We call it styrofoam. And right. so styrofoam is basically now we just call it foam, just foam. It's just very simple. It's F-O-A-M. And that's what, uh, you know, we, we call, at least we call it. We try to educate folks on. Now, foam will come into, t- it comes in two different types. One is packaging foam, which is, they're both at the core of polystyrene plastic. Polystyrene plastic at the core of both products. But if you took polystyrene plastic and you injected air into it, you would get packaging foam. And you would get your coolers and those big pieces of foam that are insulating your TV. And then when you extrude it, you would get the foam that, say, a dart container would put, produce, which is your food service foams. So in this country right now, there's a battle state by state where legislators are trying to ban the single-use food service foam 
But what folks don't know, it has zero effect on packaging foam. In fact, packaging foam has seen a, a dramatic increase in its production and use since COVID. For crying out loud, the, our own Pfizer pharmaceutical vaccines are shipped in foam coolers. So right. another thing I want to say is I'm not part of the foam industry. You know, I'm a recycler. That's what I do. Um, if it all disappears tomorrow, great. If it doesn't, we have to recycle it. So I don't right. work for the foam industry. I have no ties to it. I'm not pro or against it. I'm a recycler. So what had happened in my job as a recycling person or specialist, I'd go into companies and companies like, especially the furniture companies, they generate so much packaging cooler. I mean, refrigerators come in with foam around it. And, and so what these companies do now, as you've seen over the years, they're, they don't ship you a box with all of the, the packaging with it. They did the depackage it at a plant and then they send, you know, white glove treatment, right? They just bring it into your house without any packaging on it. But that packaging is somewhere. It's just at the plant. So what I did, I started to get into was, was putting out these machines that would densify the packaging foam at these warehouses, these big Williams-Sonoma and these big restoration hardware warehouses. And what this machine does is it grinds the foam, it heats it, and it extrudes the air safely. It's non-contaminated air, it's air. And once you take the air out of packaging foam, out of a cooler or anything else you could think of that's big, you wind up with just a polystyrene plastic. So of a cooler, 98% of it is air. That's why it's so lightweight. And 2% is the polystyrene plastic. So what these machines would do is extrude just the plastic. And that plastic is a high-valued material. It is worth more per pound than probably any other recyclable material that you could think of other than like a copper, but wow. it probably right now. Yeah. Right now, if you had a ton, you know, it's commanding five, $600 a ton. So it's really? crazy when you think of cardboard values. Yeah. When you think of cardboard values at a hundred dollars a ton, the, the problem is how do you get enough of it to fill a truck? How do you get enough right. of it even in to your facility? So anyway, so that's the basis of how this whole started, the whole thing started. I would go to a, once again, a company and help them set up a machine and densify it and plenty of buyers for the material who would reuse it. Then I came across a municipality back in 2015 that I was doing business with, and the woman recycling coordinator who ran this landfill drop-off center in New Jersey. So you can imagine the drop-off centers, when you pull in, they collect, they do a great job collecting whatever you have as far as recyclability or recyclable materials. And behind it is the landfill. So when she talks to you, you can see the mountain behind, behind it. Wow. So anyway, so she said to me, she said, she said the Amazon effect is, is, is playing such a great part in folks dropping up more materials because they can't fit it at the curb. It's overflowing your curbside container. She said, and the predominant material coming in is this, you know, foam. She goes, can we do anything with it? So that was kind of like my shock tank, my aha. Let me see. That, that was like, it's interesting because the machines I put out have to be housed to, to keep the weather from it, right? They're not made to be outside. So I created this encapsulated system with the foam densifier, with an area to store and collect and, and folks to work inside of this container, lights, you know, lights, cameras, action, basically. Came up with some great graphics for it. And I came back to the county, the landfill, where the landfill is, and presented a case to say, why don't we try this? And they said, great, we'll let you try it, but it's at your cost. And I said, okay. <laughs> And we had a relationship since 2016. That was the first foam cycle system, still in existence, and, and just producing just amazing results. The facility and the site and the, and the system won a Swanner Award in 2017. Wow. And, and that triggered 
And that triggered counties throughout New Jersey to say, hey, what's going on over there? And they started looking and we gave tours, myself and this recycling coordinator. And the next thing you know, you know, four systems now are in New Jersey and, and, and with more coming. And we see that, I see that happening now as I go state to state where I place systems now in Colorado and Wisconsin, two in Florida and Kentucky. Wow. Uh, yeah, everybody who seems to get one or the first ones to get it, the rest of the state, you know, the rest of the counties in the state say, hey, what's going on up there? Or residents <laughs> call. Why do they have it? And I don't have it. Right. So it's, it's a nice, it's a nice trigger. It's a nice trigger. That's, a, that's amazing. Talk, so we jump in any time if you want me to stop. <laughs> but I can, I can shut up. Oh, thank you, Lou. I appreciate the, the wisdom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. does, I have just a quick couple technical questions. Yeah, does, sure. does, sure. the, does the machine grind it up and turn it into pellets or does it melt it and turn it into like a paste? It, it melts it and extrudes it. Like if anyone's old enough to think about silly putty, yeah. you know, that that's how, okay. you know, but it comes out warm to the touch. And then after it cools, it, it's as hard as a rock, but it's very, very dense. Right. Uh, I can get, I can get a pallet. If you can imagine a pallet, we always say pallets of this, uh, but a pallet would weigh probably about 1500 pounds. Put it this way. We did an, an we did a lot of work at the County, the first system with respect to our analysis on how foam impacts a landfill. It's sitting at the landfill. So right. we brought in a college and excuse me, in 2019, Sussex and myself put in um, for a grant for Montclair state university in New Jersey. They had, they, they run a great program where they run green teams, about a dozen green teams a year. And you apply for a team usually made up of six to eight young people. And this team comes in and helps you with a project, no matter what the project is. It could be you want your a, a big company and you want your electrical use analyzed and, and reduced. So it's a really great program. And we were lucky enough to get a grant to get this green team. And I spent the summer with them. And we did an analysis on foam's impact on the landfill. There is no such data out there today. No, the industry never did it. The foam industry, of course, doesn't want to do a, you know, look into something like that, how it affects a <laughs> landfill. Right. But- the, the most important, the most important part about a landfill, and I just want everybody to know this because you have these conversations in, in many of your previous and probably going forward. When it, when something is compostable, something is recyclable, something breaks down in two minutes, two years, or twenty years, if it goes to a landfill, it does. Game is over. It doesn't matter. So every time somebody looks at something, and says, "Oh, look, this is compostable. Let's use it." If you're not composting it, then it makes no sense because it's going to go to a landfill. And landfills fill up based on landfill airspace. And once that airspace is captured and, and filled, you have to build another landfill. So you've, you've done nothing to accomplish anything if you don't stop it before it goes into a landfill. Yeah. That being said, foam's impact on a landfill because it's so light and it doesn't condense, even with the heavy machines of a landfill, it's highly impactful to a landfill. So unfortunately, or fortunately, we've shown... And, and we have data that now we can apply it to any landfill in the country by plugging in some basic metrics of what is the disposal rate. And we can come up with how much landfill airspace you will save for every ton of foam packaging waste we remove from the landfill. Oh, uh, once again, never done that's before. That's really impressive. One of the studies. No, the green team did a great job. And, and you know, it, so could this be done by? Could this be done with other foam like polyethylene or polyurethane? I, you know, I, my focus is on polystyrene. Sure, uh, but I can tell you it can be done with both packaging and food service foam. 
And the first thing people say is, oh, food service foam's got all, you know, it's got food on it. Well, my application, Foam Cycle, was built as a drop-off center processor. Okay, we're not going around with a truck and dragging it around. It sits there. What happens today is a lot of counties don't have really a thorough drop-off center. But once you do, and, and where I place them and where there's interest is where those drop-off centers are really impacting a county or even a state's recycling rate. And once you drop off, and people love to drop off stuff, and the counties, honestly, I think they have a responsibility throughout the country to help folks recycle within their county um, or within yes. their city. You know, there's so many items that could be recycled properly at a drop-off center that can never be recycled at the curb. You know, foam being one of them. But if you add foam to mattresses and to metals and to your old gas tank and your old bicycle and, and on and on and on and on, where I've seen some really, really extensive and just award-winning drop-off centers. And if, if I could, there, there's one in particular because I was working in yeah, Colorado please. under the state. The state had a, pro- a program called Next Cycle, and Next Cycle has now gone to Michigan. But it's a program that's put together. And they ask innovators from around the country, hey, we have an application here, apply, and if you, because our, our state has a horrible recycling rate and we need to make it better. So I applied and I was fortunate to get Foam Cycle included in the Colorado program in 2019. Yeah, so we went there and, and we met a whole bunch of people and I got to look at a whole bunch of towns. And here comes the outliers. They come to the top, right? Recycling rate in Colorado is at 17%. And you say, wow, wow what a beautiful state. Why such a horrible recycling rate? Because land is so abundant and cheap, bills are so cheap. To, why bother if you really, you know, have a, a you really want to help the environment, which drives you too, right? So there's only one. There's a couple of counties in there that are really exceeding the 17 percent rate, and you say, why is that? Like, take for example, Loveland. What a yeah. nice name for a right? Don't you, everybody want to live in Loveland? <laughs> it's beautiful, and it really is. And it really is a beautiful. It's a beautiful city. And it's run terrific. And if you look at their drop-off center, it is extensive. If you renovated your house and got rid of your old porcelain, you know, uh, tub, they, they have a spot, bring your porcelain, and, and, and they recycle it there. Um, anyway, so their recycling rate is almost 60%. 60% in this city of a state that it's at 17%. The answer lies in drop-off centers. Foam Cycle was built to help foam, drop-off centers collect now the foam. And it's packaging foam and food service foam, because when you drop off food service foam, you wind, you, you bring it in clean. You're putting it in your car. It's not going in some container at the curb. Right. I have a system operating in North Carolina at a nonprofit called Tiny Houses in Greensboro, North Carolina. The church organization, the city of Greensboro doesn't collect foam. These folks do it. I got them a densifier. We put a whole program together. They did 27,000 pounds of recycled material last year alone. They actually, and they collect probably more food service foam than packaging because all the churches use food, food service foam. And in states where it's not banned, you know, these are the results. So it's some pretty, stu- pretty amazing stuff. I'm just, I'm just the, the ignition. But once we start somewhere, like in Wisconsin, in Outagamie County, Wisconsin, just Google them. They, they call their system the foam dome. And they're having so much fun with this thing. And so many people, I, I tell everybody, you could run for mayor if you put one of these in your town because everybody's excited to drop off their phone. Everybody. Yeah. I right. often, often I'll be driving 
by and I'll see somebody stuffing styrofoam in, or polystyrene into their recycle bin. And I'll just think, oh, that's a problem. That's going to clog up the system. A lot of people don't understand Absolutely. just because it has a recycle symbol on it does not mean it's recyclable. And it's a real challenge with the packaging and the waste industry is how do we make, how do we educate the consumers to know what's really recyclable? And yeah, you, you know what, Corey, I, I don't want to bash them too much because, you know, they, they when you look at the big waste companies, right? Yeah. Waste management, Republic yeah. Service, and, you know, these are companies that have to make money. They're, they're, they're controlled by corporations that have to make money. That's And they pay people good and they're, they're good companies and all that kind of stuff. You know, not one of them will help you with a drop-off center. Not one of them, if you called up, have, have anything to do with drop-off. They don't even understand the word drop-off. You mean at the curb? No, drop, you know, because right. they can't figure out a way right. to make money with it. But yet they call themselves these recycling companies. Folks got to realize, don't, don't rely on, you know, everything that's on TV. These smaller communities that put programs together really impact the environment, you know. So I, I just encourage everybody listening, to just don't listen to the big talking heads. Even if some, a lot of these organizations are run by marketing people that have never been on a garbage truck. They've never been inside of a, they don't know what a compactor is from a, from a bailing machine. They, they, you know what I mean? It's just, you have to start this from the bottom up. And that's right. what, you know, the folks helping me, we're all boots on the ground people. We're kicking, we're, we're doing, we're pulling, we're d- delivering. It, it's different. So we could talk about the process starting at the bottom because a lot of folks come at the top of this and they say, hey, look, I just created this new product and it'll biodegrade in, in you know, one year. Okay, but it still has to go to a landfill, right? Yep. And yeah. so they don't tell you the whole story yeah. about you, you've done nothing if that happens. Yeah, I I think the challenge is we need to get the governments involved, the local counties, the local communities to really push for this kind of access. Do you, I'll be speaking at Waste 360 in Las Vegas this year. Do you, do you plan to attend there? That's a really great convention full of people trying to recycle. You know, it is. And, and, and I apologize. I won't be there. Um, yeah, not, not at this point anyway. I still have a lot of work to do. I'm still, you know, my hope is to one day to take this to one of these major companies and say, you know, I'm one salesman. I got one person helping me. I yeah. get, you know, most of my sales come from people reaching out to me. I don't call anyone. I said, but I can use a company's help that's got 5,000 salesmen. You can imagine the impact we could have across the country. That's kind of my trajectory. So I'm not big, I'm not big enough for a waste 360 as far as a booth or, or that stuff. But yeah, good show. And, and you know, the, the industry's changing. So everybody's got to stay in tune to what's happening here, especially with product responsibility laws coming down, et cetera. Yes. What what happens with the material that gets recycled? Where where does it go and who who's who's asking for it? Is it the the manufacturers of of polystyrene? Good good question. Good question. Okay. So in New Jersey, I just want to tell tell you what I do with it. And then you know, because I know firsthand, all right. So in New Jersey, I'm lucky enough to have one company, it's the only one in the United States, because everyone else left for India and Indonesia that actually makes picture frame molding from the foam that's collected. So this densified foam goes to this company, they grind it, extrude it into really ornate and beautiful picture frame moldings. And they're about 10 foot long when they're extruded. They put a nice veneer on it and the whole product is 100% recyclable again. 
Okay. Uh, Most of these frames actually are sold down in Florida. They cut them to size and put them around pictures that are sold on these uh, cruise ships when the cruise ships were operating anyway. Oh, uh, cool. So, so this one company, yeah, this one company makes a frame and, um, and that's what they do. And, and they, they don't, they're not even listed. You can, I couldn't even give you their website cause they don't even want any more business. They have enough time keeping <laughs> up, but all the companies in New Jersey, the municipalities, I set it up. So they sell them. They sell this one company. It's called Princeton molding and they buy the foam from New Jersey. And if you drop it off to them right now, the owner will give you $500 a ton. They'll scale you in and, and he can't get enough of the foam for his material. Okay. So what's nice about the frame that he makes is that we can actually take that frame, make a picture frame out of it, cut it to size and grind that once again, if in fact you ever got rid of that frame so we can perpetually keep using the material, it'll never hit a landfill. So one of the things I did with the green team was we investigated this and we've come up with a name called better frame. And I do have a website for that. So you can see the process frames okay. aren't sold just yet. It's, it's just a next leg of things, but it's the idea here where, Recycled material would go to this company where right now Chinese, the Chinese are great buyers of this material and they ship it to China to make frames where then these frames come back in all of the, the discount stores like the Targets and the Walmart as that very cheap plastic frame that, that you see in these stores. That's all made from recycled polystyrene. The only thing about different about prints is we do it here in the U.S. Frames are a lot nicer. Our plan is to make some frames for awards, a couple of emails through the website or from colleges is that, gee, we give a sustainability award out and we put in a frame that's unsustainable. <laughs> so we, we hope to market it. But here's a really cool part. And here's really where this, you know, this falls into your lap, so to speak, as a packaging guy. Envision a frame placed into a box, a foam box. It's almost like a foam cooler shipped to your house. You take the frame out of the box. You hang it on your wall. You have a return label in the box that frame comes back to us. You're left with zero packaging waste at your house. That box comes back to our warehouse and we look at this and we say, can we use it again? Great. If we can't in the machine, it goes and we make a picture frame out of it. Oh, so that's, great. that's the concept. And so, and that, and that segues into foam boxes and, and yeah. you know, this, this dreaded material that people would rather, <laughs> you know, hear fingernails scraping against the chalkboard right. than to talk styrofoam. But when you look at this material, it is astonishing. It's properties on shipping, keeping products protected. Oh, and yeah. then there's a reason sustainable. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason it's been it's around just, for know. so long. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So, right. Right. But no one's, no one's, no one's done the packaging part. I mean, if you order a, a food product today, like an Omaha, right. They're, they're big on, you know, people know Omaha steak boxes, right. They come in coolers. I don't, I don't believe uh, that they have a, a program where you can mail it back to them. And I just don't understand why. So I'd like to start and working with some companies to show them, you know, bring it back. I'll take it back. And I can direct it to a couple of different facilities. I have a couple of nonprofits that are recycling foam that would love the material. So that's yeah, the next thing like, of it is to get into the packaging side. Seems like it's an education so, issue. It's a spread the word issue. So how do people get a hold of you? How can we help spur this well, along? You know, it, it's, I appreciate that. Uh, just simply on my website, they can go visit me and take a look at all of the videos that I have on there from all of the places that we put foam. And then, you know, I'm Lou at foamcycle.com. Pretty easy to get hold of me. Um, and the website's foamcycle.com, F-O-A-M-C-Y-C-L-E. Correct. Okay. Correct. 
that's that's my media present. I really don't do good on Facebook and Twitter and <laughs> all the rest. But I do have but I do have a DeLorean video on my website oh, of cool. myself and a colleague <laughs> flying over a landfill that nobody wants to miss really. I've had that car for thirty eight years, so it is my car. Uh-huh, I give fun. free rides all to new to new customers only. So if you're a new customer, <laughs> come on over, I'll give you a ride. <laughs> that's that's absolutely an incentive. I love that. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you so much, Lou. I really appreciate your time. I'd like to thank Landsberg Aurora for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, If you're listening, uh, we can help you with sustainable packaging. We're here for you. Please subscribe to the podcast and and share it with your friends. Thank you so much, Lou. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Sean. Nice talking to you, Corey. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by SpecRite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.